When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It was really heartbreaking. I've been with him 14 years from my counting. But from right beginning of my marriage, I realized the first year, actually, mm-hmm. and it was too late. It was my decision to marry to your dad, and so I had to be responsible for my decision. So mm-hmm. that's why even I wasn't happy for from right beginning, but mm-hmm. I had to keep going. I'm Sarayed. And I'm Julie. This year, we travelled with our Soundy Joey across Aotearoa to eavesdrop on immigrant whānau talking with their children. Every family we visited welcomed us, made us laugh, honestly made us cry. And over this series, we invite you too to listen in on Conversations with My Immigrant Parents. This episode, we visit Sue and her daughter Bokyong, who live in the South Island in Otepoti, Dunedin. Bokyong's mum and dad both come from Korea and they arrived in New Zealand about 24 years ago. And shortly after arriving, Sue fell pregnant with Bokyong. Bokyong is now 23 and studying law and science at Otago. Bokyong also has a younger brother called Jahun, who's 21. When Bokyong was about 13, her mum and dad got divorced. Both Sue and Bokyong have gone on journeys to unpack their Korean New Zealand identities. For Sue is an immigrant who spent half her life here, and Bokyong is someone who was born and raised here. So let's hear from Sue and Bokyong. So my mum is Sue Kim, or her Korean name is Soonam Kim. Um, she's originally from Pusan at the bottom of South Korea, um, and currently she's a high school teacher teaching bit of Korean um, and some Japanese and she used to teach ICT back in the day as well. So my mum came to New Zealand I guess 24 years ago now because I'm 23 and she's been in Dunedin basically almost the whole time um, ever since then. When she first arrived, well from, from the stories that I've heard, um, it was definitely quite a new experience for her. Um, She didn't know any English. Um, She basically had just come to New Zealand to follow my dad, who was wanting to study at the University of Otago. So they encountered a lot of new foods when they first came, like sausages and things like that. And I think things things were pretty tough to begin with, raising a couple of young kids on not much income because both my parents were studying. So, yeah. She's quite resilient, actually, is probably the word I would use. My daughter's name is Bokyong. Bokyong is a Korean name, and she prefers to keep it in Korean. I suggest, um, you know, have an English name, but we decided, actually, just keep that Bokyong. She was born in Auckland, and she's fifth year at Otago University and she does law and she does chemistry and she does it's a lot sort of interest she has I think she's amazing 
She's an absolutely amazing um, young lady. Um, I think I really valued about Bokyong is her value in the mindset. You know, always give it a go. Usually mother and daughter's relationships are pretty good, but we are, you know, not far different. It's very special, very special. I love her, not only because it's, she's my daughter, she's just, who she is, it's just wonderful. And I do learn quite a lot from her too, actually, yeah. I'd really like to know a bit more about what it was like when you first came to New Zealand. Hard. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard. Um, mm. Yeah. What do you want me to talk about? Anything. Talk about anything. Like language, people. Oh, I do food. remember. I do remember because when we were in Auckland, the first mm. time we you know we arrived in Auckland, and I felt that it was a really tiny rural area in Auckland yeah. because coming from mega city in Korea, I yeah. didn't realize Auckland was, was a big, big city. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a year later when we moved down to Dunedin, then, oh, that was big. <laughs> and then nine years later living in Dunedin and then job opportunity was happened in Belclusa. So moving to Belclusa, then, Again. oh, Dunedin was big. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of things. Um, I do remember first year uh, because I got pregnant you um, quite early mm. um, and you know when you're pregnant you do really miss mm. your own food the yeah. memory of your food and yeah. I miss the Korean food really really what a lot. What did you miss the most? I can't remember now but uh, I Kuk-su. did <laughs> kuksu yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I love noodles um, yeah. I remember I did cry quite a time to time because I missed kuksu <laughs> because I want to eat noodle that's yeah. why <laughs> um, also I was really shocked um, remember when I talk about the sausages yeah, you know, yeah. at the supermarket I didn't realize there was um, you know eating just like that and I was trying to peel, peel the skin, <laughs> so skin off that kind of things and taste is completely different, different. from what I expected and so I guess that's uh, happened to all other um, immigrant people if mm. you're not used to with the New Zealand food and the shocked first time and then getting used to and mm. no other options you have to eat. <laughs> what did you, I guess, what was life like when you first moved over? Like, you know, you came to Dunedin with Dad and I assume Dad started studying. Mm-hmm. And then what did you do? I started learning English, but a few months later, I realized it's too hard. So I given up mm. and I decided to mingle with the next door ladies <laughs> instead of going to um, language school. school. Yeah. Um, so my English at the beginning, I learned from the next door neighbors. Did you find it difficult? Because like in Balclutha, we were the only Korean family and there was like I think maybe like two other Chinese families mm-hmm. and no other people of colour, like everyone else was Pākehā. So mm-hmm. I don't know, did you did you think about that when we moved to Balclutha from Dunedin? A lot of people did ask about that, um, you know, discriminations because mm. of the we are Asian, but... Mm. Um, Maybe my mindset was I was too busy and mm-hmm. haven't thought about that. Um, mm. But my experience 
just keep going and do what I can. Yeah. And so I didn't really personally have that kind of experience. Mm. In Belkosa, of course, it was only in Korean. So it's sometimes I miss the Korean food and the <laughs> Korean people to talk. But yeah. um, I, we've been busy enough to do what we yeah. everyday things to do. Yeah, no, I, mm. I agree. Mm. Like, I think, I think overall the people in Belkosa were, I, I don't really remember any big instances of facing discrimination mm. in Belkosa. Like the people mm. were actually mm. very tolerant mm. I guess and mm. quite nice mm. um, and your friends were really all, good all really yeah, good everyone's mm. nice yeah so mm. interesting that I guess in that sense that like you know we moved to a very isolated very white community mm. and mm. felt quite I guess integrated into the community especially because you were like mm. a teacher at like mm. the only high school in the whole mm. area mm. versus like say even moving to Dunedin or if you like we're in a bigger city mm. where there's maybe more people of colour mm. and more established um, minority communities. Mm. Like, like I think the experience might have actually been a bit more negative mm. in that mm. respect. Perhaps, yeah. 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 And also because of the your personality. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's just a very... Luckily, we're yeah. very positive and mm. just very active <laughs> and mingle with uh, anybody really yeah. well. Like, I think mm. having those experiences to connect me to, like, the environment mm. um, when, like, you know, we used to, like, run down and jump off the pontoon mm. and run, like, swim in the river and stuff mm. like that in Belkwutha mm. and, like, go to the beach and, yeah, like, go around on the farm paddocks. Like, all mm. those experiences really, I think, are quite key or, like, core to my, what builds up my, like, New Zealand identity. Mm. So I think, yeah, in that respect... Um, yeah, going to Balkhutha was really, really valuable to me. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think so. And I think being part of the small community really helped me feel like just as, as a person I had a place to to be within that community. But I think you definitely lose a lot of that once you move to a bigger place or a bigger community. Like the more like disjointed that a community becomes, the more like isolating it can feel because people tend to then group with the people that they feel most familiar with and that kind of need was broken down when we're in a much smaller community I think. My family had the exact same experience as this when they first arrived in New Zealand they moved to Cherry Farm which is in Waikoweiti and then to Invercargo, and they speak so fondly about the small town in comparison to the, I mean, Invercargo's not a large city, but you know what I mean. Wow. They just got absolute shit as soon as I got to Invercargo. Mm. I think this point really surprised me, because I mm. think I have such a view that smaller towns, rural towns, will be more conservative. More backwards. More backwards, yeah. yeah. How white people see immigrants. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so it's quite, like, warming in a way to think that smaller towns, because everyone knows each other, mm. there is more, because I guess you just see everyone's humanity because you literally know everyone. Yeah, I think it's I think it's less entrenched. Like, mm. when, when it's, you know, bigger cities and maybe bigger groups of migrants moving there, mm. you know, the um, white people will see them as this kind of blanket. Yeah 
culture. Yeah. They won't understand that it's people yeah. and people are all different. They'll just be like, those Chinese over yeah. there, those Indians over there, they're yeah. all the same. But if you're the only Asian family, the only like one. said. If the only Asian in the village. <laughs> um, then I guess they have to see you as individuals. Yeah. They can't just label you as a group. Yeah. In this next part of the episode, we got Bok Young to ask Sue a little bit about her experiences of racism. I don't think I felt any racism and discrimination, which is a quite a commonly raised to immigrant people. But even in school, like did students ever like surely students? Student does because it's not because uh, I am Asian because that's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that though? They are young. They that's a young. Oh, as young. Like, so like even if it was a different teacher and mm. they were like white, they would have found something else to like be really annoying. Exactly, about. they yeah. will pick up something and they look for something to pick on to yeah. you know have have a girl. So it's not because I don't really felt uh, mm. any racism or discriminations. And because I'm, you know, maybe mm. I don't hold it in my mind mm. and I'm just keep going and move on. And mm. maybe that's why um, kids does that and kids are very, very rude in, yeah. at times, um, which is uh, I look at the, rather than just a racism, it's just a poor, um, innocent student who doesn't know what they are doing, mm. not enough educated Mm. And um, it, it's just a young kids is need to be more educated about who they are, what they're talking about mm. it. As a teacher, I think I look at that sort of way rather mm. than how could you say that. Mm. Do you mm. see what I mean? Mm. You know, that kind Have of you way. ever had people like call you out on the street and stuff like that? People do. People yeah. do in in the need when you walk on the street and the young, um, you know, boys will call out. Um, like Ching Chong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Konnichiwa or Ni Hao. And, yeah. uh, you know, I have to say, actually, I'm Korean. You know, <laughs> yeah. I have to say that kind of things. But yeah. I don't take that in as a personal. Personally. And personally. And I, you know... That's, that's who they are, not because of who I am. Mm. So mm. I just move on. Yeah. And um, mm. one day, hopefully, <laughs> when they've got time to think about, reflect about that, what they are doing, mm. that's mm. I wish. Yeah. I wish to them to, you know, have a chance to think about yeah. that kind of things. Yeah. But, you know, I can't mm. fix it. I can't mm. tell them off. I supposedly say that I received more racism and yeah. discrimination, but you yeah. say more than <laughs> I guess it's a it's a personality. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't think it's personality. I was just thinking about it as you're kind of talking about the way that you, I guess, deal with offhand comments that you mm. might receive mm. and stuff like mm. that. I think maybe one difference could be that, you know, growing up in New Zealand, I've definitely felt mm. a lot more like institutionalized racism mm. if that makes sense mm. versus like mm. like I totally agree in terms of like you know when people like make offhand dumb comments like mm. oh ching chong or whatever mm. to me on the mm. street like that's not that's not the kind of racism that like actually cuts me deep mm. if that makes sense mm. the mm. the the stuff that actually hurts is like mm. when it's I think when it's, like, part of the system and, like, mm -hmm. people are often blinded by mm -hmm. it. Like, remember when I first 
moved to Dunedin and we had my like interview at Otago Girls to see if I could ah, go there. I remember that. And yeah, like, yeah. Um, mm. and I wanted to take German as my mm. second language mm. subject. And mm. then the principal was like, oh, like, she like, I can't remember exactly what she mm. said, but she was basically like, oh, I don't know if you can take German. And mm. she was like real hesitant. And then I showed her that mm. like, you know, I had the like, you know, the ICAS mm. English mm. competition and mm. I had like a super high distinction or something. Mm. She's like, oh, you, you're good at English. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. like I was born here. This is something we've touched on quite a few times and in a sense this is one of the major points of this podcast. One of the biggest differences generationally mm. between immigrant parents and kids is how we view racism and mm. how it affects us. So, I mean, I'm just generalising, but parents, immigrant parents tend to um, diminish how much this might affect them to not see that they've ever faced racism or discrimination, yeah. whereas kids are very aware of it. And maybe because we have the language to identify it and criticise it, mm. you know, mm-hmm. especially through going through tertiary education. Um, and I guess social media has now helped as well mm. in providing the language and the discourse to be able to critically analyse racism um, and just be less forgiving of it. Mm. Also, the fact that we've gone through tertiary institutions in the country that we're criticising, mm. we, like, understand it from the inside out. Hey, we we have the language, but we also have the language, which means we understand expectation, we understand what is considered polite in this country. Mm. We know how to say something in a way that our <laughs> oppressors, I don't want to say oppressors yeah. for me, but, like, we, we know how to talk to them. Yeah, we know how to criticise it for it mm. to be received mm. and how to criticise and still be safe. Yes. Whereas I think our parents have much less of that safety or awareness. And more to lose. Yeah, totally. Hey. Um, and it's really interesting that we do have to, you know, um, assimilate into that system to be able to criticise it. Mm. I do think that, that this is a huge theme and understanding why your parents have pushed it down or forgiven it in Mm. a way that you can't bring yourself to. Mm. We need to have empathy for how our parents um, process and react to instances of racism and discrimination. Um, And it's like, how can we also help our parents to understand that it is okay to criticise these systems um, and that it's important to do that? Yeah. That just because you weren't born here doesn't mean you're not allowed to try and make it a better place. Yeah. In this next section, Bok Yong talks about how she sees her parents. So her dad lives in Belclutha and is a lab technician. He and Sue broke up after 14 years of marriage. I think one of the really cool things that I love about you as my mum is the way that you've adapted and really kind of, yeah, I guess the word is assimilated, but like um, really found... New Zealand as your home, if that makes sense. Mm. And I think that is, to me, growing up, that was kind of the biggest differences between you and dad. Mm. Obviously, you know, you had basically forced yourself to learn English Mm. by studying here Mm. again and Mm. then becoming a teacher. And so you're Mm. using English every day Mm. and you're meeting new people every day. And obviously, like, your personality as well, obviously, Mm. is just quite positive and, like, resilient Mm. and stuff. And, like, and then, you know... I saw dad um, 
you know, I don't think like necessarily of any fault of his own, mm. but struggle quite a lot, I think, especially with um, becoming familiar with the English mm. and um, just finding a community mm. because I think his work didn't really provide him with mm. that community that mm. he needed to for him to mm. feel like New Zealand could be his home. Because, I, yeah, I don't think he really... Mm. Never mm. felt at home no, in New Zealand. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Even now, yeah, he even. lives in his own world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, quite sad from my point of view. But it's uh, you know I can't change it. So we tried. Yeah, as you know, we tried a lot of different way, and I set it up to make him to connect with other friends in mm. the community. But that's that doesn't work, and I always do most of it and then he does a sneak out um, yeah. quite quickly so mm. um, that's quite different from where um, your dad is uh, things are not comfortable and stop and yeah, full yeah. stop and sneak out and behind yeah. and avoid mm, things that are uncomfortable mm, which is uh, not um, acceptable and I couldn't live with that anymore yeah. um, not only the English things it's mm. so many different yeah. in the life um, that's why yeah Mm. It was really heartbreaking. I've been with him 14 years from my counting. Um, but from right beginning of my marriage, um, I realized the first year, actually. Mm. And um, it was too late from my um, concepts. And I can't, you know, it was my decision to marry to your dad. And so I have to be responsible for my decision. So mm. that's why even I wasn't happy for from right beginning, but mm. I had to keep going. Um, but that's uh, obviously I couldn't do anymore mm. after 14 years. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just really heartbreaking and feel really sorry for him. And mm. I learned it um, quite a later um while I was really stressed about and sad about the, my marriage life, mm. but um, I couldn't do anything and I didn't know what to do. And they're always financially very tight and the life was very, very tough. Mm. Um, but I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't try the understanding where he's coming from. Yeah. That I was young and, you know, I didn't know how to... Mm react and relate with that kind of things. But mm. uh, quite, a, you know, as they get old and they're learning a little bit more and understands different perspective, it's very hard from his yeah. point of view also because his personality is not like me, obviously. Yeah. It's not because he denied or he hates it. It's not because of that. It's that's his personal who he is. Yeah. So that's why... Um, that's uh, I didn't know that it's coming from the, his uh, young age, but I'm not his mother. He mm -hmm. was asking me actually. Yeah. I don't know why I told you that. Mm -hmm. um, he was asking me, "I wish you are treat me like my mom." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Um, that was quite hard. I'm not your mother, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't know. Well, I didn't definitely didn't know until now that you realized that you and dad weren't quite a match from the start. Mm. Yeah, so I guess you did a really good job. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> did a really good job of bringing up me and Jehoon because, mm. yeah, we definitely didn't feel that at all. Mm. Like, you and dad were perfectly fine. Mm. You are great parents, mm. both, both of you, mm. in your own ways. So I think when you and dad 
started like fighting more and like started sleeping different rooms and Mm -hmm. then ended up separating like Mm -hmm. I was actually quite fine with it Mm -hmm. like I I felt there's absolutely no like scars or anything Mm -hmm. there for me Mm -hmm. but I have Mm -hmm. no idea Mm -hmm. what Jehoon feels Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think you know this too. Mm. I like, tried my best that did try not to hurt you guys. Yeah. One of the reasons we really loved Sue and Bokyong's mm. story was that it's um, about their entire lives and it's not just about migration and settling because immigrant stories aren't always about migration and settling and racism and discrimination. Mm. There's so many other human issues that affect all of us. Mm. Um, and we see here that love and breakup is part of that. It's a huge part of mm. their journey. Um, and I just think of how hard it must be for Sue to acknowledge that she wasn't happy in her marriage, even if it took her years to do that. How brave. Um, and to make the moves to get out of that, even though it went against you know, all the social and cultural norms that she knew. I really think that getting out of relationships is something we should applaud Mm -hmm. and kind of uplift because it takes bravery. It takes very deft communication, Mm -hmm. especially to end a marriage in a way where your child is saying, I got it. You know, I got I got why you guys broke up. That is a monumental achievement. And we don't we don't talk about breakups in that way. You know, we talk about them as failures. And I think that we should be looking at them as success stories a lot of the time. We need to treat breakouts with as much reverence as we treat the start of a relationship because it's all, it all takes skill. <laughs> so Sue recently got remarried to a Pakia man named Ken. Bok Young is currently seeing a young Chinese man called Bowen, and in this next part of the episode, they both talk about their relationships. How did you first meet Ken? From <laughs> Belcluse, mm. a long time ago, from um, school, online teaching. Mm. I did the Japanese online teaching back then. It's just amazing, you know, when <laughs> I you know, knew he has got a little bit of personal um, emotions there and I'm really afraid of meeting new person. Yeah. I really, really yeah, appro- hesitated afraid. hesitated for a long time. Really hesitated and uh, tried to avoid it and um, <clears throat> because, uh, you know, coming from Asian um, values and cultures and the meeting new person wasn't my plan. Mm. And, uh, like you know, once you had broken once up. Once I broken up, that's it. That's the, my life. And yeah. I thought that that's, that's my end of um, relationship. And so I have to, it's not a happiest way, but that's where it is. And yeah. I have to just, you know, keep going with that. And I do have enough things to go, you know, school things and lots of other interests I do have and make me keep going. But when he starts approaching me, I was really, really afraid to meet mm. a new person. But it, it just amazingly fits well. <laughs> it's, it's really, really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. What do you reckon? How did you felt about it when you realized that, that I am going out with a kid? I told you that about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I was, I was really happy, mm. to be honest. Mm. Um yeah, I think happy in the sense that I knew that there'd be someone else to mm-hmm. look after you and mm-hmm. 
I guess, take over my position as your best friend, <laughs> if that makes sense. I missed it. Oh, I missed it, really. And you've got born, and I'm jealous about that, too. <laughs> but now you've got Ken, and I've got Bones. <laughs> um, but the book, you do have to remember we are the most closest friend forever. <laughs> it's not going to be replaced with the born and Ken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What are the biggest cultural differences that you feel between you and Ken? Hmm, not sure. I think I'm pretty um, adapted with the you know, Kiwi community and culture. Yeah. So, um, what could be? Um, I can the one thing that mm, I can think of is mm. just Korean humor. That, like that Kenan can't understand. Oh, language. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah. of the language. Yeah, and just the culture and stuff, you mm, know, like mm. like real dumb stuff. Mm. <laughs> but I do often... I, I make try a, to explain it to him and yeah. Yeah, I, include him in the jokes. I feel like Korean humor is just, like, way funnier. Like, <laughs> like think back to, like, you know, when we used to watch, like, all the, like, Running dumb, Man, like, Running and, Man and, like, Il Bagil yeah. and, like... I think a lot of it is just like humor that you only can find funny if that's something that you grew up finding funny. This whole like wanting to share something with someone and then watching it just not work or fall <laughs> flat. I feel like I so get that with food, like Sri Lankan food from my childhood. Like if I ever try to give someone who isn't Sri Lankan hoppers, I'm always like, yeah, do you love it? Do you love it? Do you love it? And they're usually like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm like, well, I mean, if it's not the best thing you've ever eaten, then why do I even try? Okay, but what's a hopper? <laughs> it's like, a, it's kind of like a pancake and I think it's made out of like ground rice and it's, oh my God, it's so good. It's like crispy on the outside, but like soft and fluffy on the inside and it's just the perfect meal. I get it. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think my home is a uh, Korea, or you know, it's how, like it's, how yeah, how has home changed for you? I guess where I am, where are. where I am comfortable, and um, it's not about the Korea or New Zealand or the need. It's not about like that where the my heart is and goes and mm. wherever you go I found I found um I make it home mm. you know what I mean and yeah. you know I try best and then make the most out of it that opportunities and where I am mm. that's what home meant to me and yeah. so at the moment this is definitely my home in the need and this house not physically, with Ken and with the Yu Book Young and um while you are here <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, not necessary has to be Korea or, you know, location physically. My question is, like, when you miss Korea, mm. you don't miss it because it's home. I guess that's a part of it. Like, you know, miss food, yeah, miss family. Um, and often all those things is uh, 
from memory. Mm. It's a memory. That's the memories. It's the memories. Yeah. yeah. As the people do miss, uh, you know, we talk about the food, talk about the you know place where I grow up, talk mm. about things, but it's all from memory. Mm. So, which is you can't replace it. It's yeah. things different. Even nowadays, when you go back to Korea, it's things are same. completely different. Yeah. Um, and people's concepts, language, I do understand that, but it's a quite a different um, way of life they yeah. have, and uh, which is uh, sometimes we're frustrated. <laughs> and why do you have to do this sort of way yeah. kind of things? But we do respect from you know each other. Yeah, I think. I think I think I'm funnily pretty much the same as you. Mm. Like I think we have a shared mm. ability of making the most of wherever we are mm. and then that naturally just kind of becomes home mm. home to you. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. Like I generally, mm. you know, like you know, I've been traveling a lot and mm. I've like, you know, spent months in different cities and mm. things like that. And I generally don't really miss Dunedin. Mm. I just miss certain mm. memories, mm. you know. Mm. I have been struggled, you know, obviously. Um, been here twenty four years, Four years yeah. something like that. So up and downs, of course, life as happens and um, at times I felt I'm a um, lost a child in mm. the world, the middle of nowhere. I'm not belongs to Korea anymore. I can't mm. really, it really belongs to New Zealand either because I look different and mm. and uh, I felt that I'm, you know, who I am and mm. where I am and then, you know. But I rather than that concerns, um, I just, you know, stay positive and enjoy what I can and mm. what I have and appreciate where I am. Mm. That's that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Love, love this honest reflection from Sue and from Bokyong. And I guess it's just, you really see how hard it is for a parent to have raised a kid and then be ready to let them go and Mm. be independent. Beautiful the way Sue talks about them being best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really see their bond. Mm. It's such a strong mother-daughter pond. Pond? Pond. Just a small lake. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But I love this episode. I love the way Sue and Bokyong talk to each other, talk about each other. And we just wanted to thank them for being so brave and so sincere in having these conversations. You can check out photos and videos of all our participants on Instagram at ConvosWithMai, on Facebook at Where Are You From Really, and on RNZ's website. Conversations with My Immigrant Parents was created, produced, and directed by Julie Zhu and Saray De Silva. Recorded by Joey Siasoko, sound engineer by Colleen Brennan, with original music by Tal. Our cover illustration is by Ngaumutania Jones at Ms. Mimo, with design by Sonia Milford. RNZ supervising producers are Sarah Vuitalitu and Justin Gregory. RNZ senior commissioner on this project is Kay Almers. Conversations with my immigrant parents was made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. He kōnei ipurangi tēnei mō te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hold up. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.